Well, good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you are with us today. Yes, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open them up. And today we are going to be in 1 Thessalonians. That's a book right after Colossians, just before Timothy, uh, 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to be looking at uh, chapter 1 today is our text. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Uh, There should be the scriptures on the screen. And if you don't own a Bible, we would really encourage you to maybe go onto the App Store and download the YouVersion app. It's totally free. Uh, Make sure you go get that. And uh, we're going to dive into the scriptures. What we're going to read today is the Apostle Paul has written this letter to the believers in uh, Thessalonica. And what we're going to read is Paul is commending them. He's saying, man, you guys are doing a great job for how they were living out their faith in some really challenging um, circumstances. And we read in Acts where Paul goes for the very first time to uh, the city Thessalonica. Paul has this uh, dream where God calls him to go to Macedonia and he ends up in the city of Thessalonica, which is actually the capital city. When he gets there, he goes uh, to the synagogues and it says for three weeks, he uh, taught uh, from the Old Testament scriptures about Jesus. He, he showed in the Old Testament where Jesus is actually written into the scriptures there. And he proves that Jesus is the Messiah. And something really amazing happens that Acts recounts. It says that many people begin to give their life to Jesus. They became Jesus followers and not just any people. It says that many uh, influential people gave their life to Jesus. It talks about influential Greeks who, who um, made Jesus their savior. And it says that many prominent women also became Jesus followers. So it's, it's uh, likely that many of these women who were Jesus followers, um, they were possibly, quite possibly, wives of maybe government officials and other leaders in that city. So it was really uh, just amazing what God was doing. Today, we would use the word revival. God was moving in incredible ways through every area of society. But then, unfortunately, what was revival turned into riots. You see, there were some people that were also uh, in, that, uh, in those synagogues and in the land that they did not like what was happening there. And they became jealous. And they let that jealousy actually infect others around them. And they stirred up these riots. In fact, in Acts 17, it says this. It says that the people of the city were thrown into turmoil by these reports. Does that sound kind of familiar? The people of the city were thrown into turmoil because of the reports that they were hearing. You see, the Thessalonian believers, they were not facing what you and I are facing today. They were not facing a contagious sickness, but they were facing a contagious persecution that was coming against them directly. And what Paul is doing here is he is commending them as a model for us, that they were a model in their response. So let's read together 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 2. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember you before our God and Father 
your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and Arcasia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Arcasia, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. You notice there in verse seven, it says that again, I've already mentioned it. He says that you have become a model for all believers. So what we're gonna be talking about today is a model for us of how we can live out our lives in this season. And because they were living out their lives in this way that we're gonna talk about, it says in verse eight, the message of the gospel rang out and became known everywhere. The title of today's message is contagious. Yeah, that's right, contagious. We want to live our lives as contagious Christians by how we live out our faith, our love, and our hope. And these believers, you see, when contagious fear and turmoil was breaking out, they chose to be contagious with their faith. You know, we live in a world um, where things go viral, right? Uh, we're obviously talking about this virus uh, uh, in every corner of the media today. But that term viral is something that we've actually become really familiar with. And it's, I think it's kind of strange now here today facing all that we're facing. But that term in our society actually has had a, a, a good connotation. Uh, that term going viral, it's a term used uh, to mean everybody wants to be involved. Everybody wants to participate. So if you are maybe uh, posting on Instagram, you want your, your post to go viral. Or if you uh, create a YouTube video, you know, if you're a YouTuber, you're hoping that your, your videos go viral. And so we're familiar with that term. And over the last uh, several years, we've had these funny uh, viral challenges uh, that have, have gone out. And uh, one of them you may be familiar with, this viral challenge of uh, the cinnamon challenge. Does anybody remember the cinnamon challenge? Uh, we have a picture of it. Here's a guy holding a large spoonful of cinnamon. If you didn't know what that was, um, basically everybody would uh, take a large spoon of powdered cinnamon and try to eat the whole spoon of cinnamon. You can imagine what powdered cinnamon would do to your mouth as soon as it hits your mouth. It, it, it sucks up all the moisture inside. And so uh, often this was the result. We got another picture there of him. <laughs> that was often the result of the cinnamon challenge. So obviously not a good idea, but something really funny uh, to laugh about. And then we had some challenges that went viral uh, that had a really positive um, uh, meaning behind them. Do you remember the ALS ice bucket challenge? 
The ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, a lot of celebrities got involved with this one, even presidents. Uh, I know at least three different presidents involved uh, with the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Here's George Bush getting ready to get dumped with a large bucket of ice water, and then they would challenge the next person. Um, and uh, that was to raise money and awareness for, uh, for ALS, that horrible disease. You know, in this season, um, I, 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 uh, I so appreciate humor. You know, this is obviously a very serious season that we are finding ourselves in and, and, our, and our hearts go out and break for those who are negatively affected by all that's happening. Um, but, you know, on the other side of that, I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that there are some things that we can laugh about. You know, humor is actually really important. You know, God gave us laughter. He gave us laughter as a way for us to uh, release some of that anxiety that we might be feeling. You know, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So I'm loving some of the memes that um, are are circulating in the media, you know, that now we have all survived the uh, toilet paper apocalypse, uh, Charmageddon, I heard it called. (laughs) So I'm so grateful for humor. But on the same side, uh, on, the, on, on the other side, how do we respond um, when things are not funny any longer? How do we live out our lives when uh, what maybe started out as silly goes to scary? I, I can imagine that what these Thessalonian believers were, were living through in those times with persecution coming against them directly was probably a very scary time. And they lost loved ones, no doubt. But yet the Thessalonian believers modeled for us today how we can live out our lives. Again, when fear and anger infected the people, first, they guarded themselves against letting those things get inside their hearts. And then they in turn became contagious with faith, with love, and with hope. So how do we in this season guard ourselves against being infected with the wrong contagions. Well, in the physical, uh, you know, we're hearing it over and over. Um, Everywhere you turn, you know, they're saying uh, basically three big things. Wash your hands, right? Wash your hands. I know my skin is kind of going dry now. (laughs) I've washed my hands more in the last uh, week or so than ever before. Wash your hands. The second thing, uh, social distancing, you know, gather where you gather. That's a new term for us that will probably remain uh, in our culture from this time on, this term social distancing. You know, we gotta be careful where we gather. And then uh, thirdly, the big thing is cover your mouth, right? Uh, The contagions are spread through your mouth probably more than any other way. So those are kind of the three big things. And today we're gonna use those three things as kind of a, uh, a picture for us, an illustration for how we can guard against uh, being um, uh, infected with the wrong things spiritually and also making sure we are being contagious with the right things. So let's go to the first one there. What do we mention? We mentioned our hands. Hands. In this season, you know what? We want to keep clean hands and we also want to keep open hands. We want to keep our hands clean and we want to keep our hands open. What does that mean for us spiritually? Well, spiritually speaking, that means keeping our, our lives pure. Clean hands really equal holiness. God wants us to live a holy life. 
He wants us to keep our hearts clean. And so I would ask you this morning, you know, are there any areas in your life that's been infected by sin? You know, all of us, to some degree, the Bible teaches us that every single one of us has been infected by this, this horrible disease called sin. We've all in some ways touched something that's made us unclean spiritually. And God wants us to wash ourselves. He wants us to come to him because he has provided the ultimate sanitizer. He provided a sin sanitizer for us. And it was through the work that he did on the cross, the blood of Jesus. So this is a great time for us while we're at home to, to really be reflecting on our lives. You know, are there any areas of our life that has been unclean? That we, we, maybe there's things that we've been holding on to in the past that, that doesn't please God. And God would say to us today that he wants us to let go of those things and to wash ourselves. And he says that if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to wash us clean. So let's make sure that we're doing that in this season. And also, you know, we want to, to remain positioned uh, with clean hands so that we can receive God's blessings that he has on us. We don't want anything standing between us and God and his blessings that he wants to bless us with. Paul, he speaks to the Thessalonians in the passage we read. In verse three, he says this. He says, we remember your work produced by faith. You know, what we do with our hands has a lot to do with uh, where our faith is. And so another question I would ask us in the season is, is what are we putting our faith in? And that's an important question for us because you see, when we have faith in Christ, when our faith is totally and completely in him, it lets us do that second thing. It lets us keep our hands open. Faith lets us keep open hands. You know, as a church, we talk a lot about practicing generosity. Um, God wants us to practice generosity. And uh, so in this season, it's important for us to continue doing that, to practice generosity. In fact, we're going to have opportunities that we've never had before to practice generosity. One way that we can do that, I've been trying to do that even this week, is uh, is supporting local business. Uh, you know what, if you're going out to grab a cup of coffee or, or grab some lunch, I would just encourage you to uh, support locally small-owned uh, 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 businesses in, uh, in our community. That's a way that we can be generous. And, uh, and then just give where you can. Uh, give where you can. You know, we, we were speaking about challenges a minute ago. I just read last night, I so appreciate this. There's a new challenge that's beginning to... Uh, to circulate where some celebrities are, are taking, uh, they're uh, challenging others to just be generous, to help your neighbors uh, in this season. The second thing we talk about is uh, the social distancing piece. Um, that is uh, our gatherings, that we um, want to guard uh, where we gather. We want to be aware of where we're gathering and how we're gathering. Again, this, this term social distancing. And for us spiritually, I would say, you know, what in this season do we need to distance ourselves from? Because here's the reality. We are all still gathering around something, right? 
We're all still gathering around something. Be it we might not be gathering corporately, um, uh, side by side in large rooms uh, physically, but but spiritually speaking, and uh, also even in the way what we're watching and, and listening to, we're still gathering around uh, certain things. So what is it that you're gathering around? You know, in this season, we want to avoid gathering around things uh, like negativity and things like suspicion. We want to avoid those things uh, uh, in this season. Why? Because we don't want to be infected with those things. So I would say again, you know, what are you gathering around? You know, even while you're at home, uh, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Uh, what are you gathering around? You know, if it's negative or, 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 or suspicious, you know, uh, um, you know, conspiracy theories and, and uh, the world is ending and things like that, that is, I don't believe that's God's heart for us. We don't want to be infected with those things. Why? Because we want to be infected with love. We want to be infected with love. And Paul says to them, uh, and again in verse three, he says that we uh, we remember your labor, which is inspired by love. Inspired by love. We want to make sure we're loving like never before in these days. We want to live out contagious love. And you know, being contagious in the right way is in fact a labor of love. So what do we want to do in this season? We want to avoid those things, negativity and suspicion, but we do want to gather around things that, that uh, stir us towards love, encourage us towards love. Those, uh, we want to be listening and watching others um, who, who are going to inspire us with hope and encouragement and God's heart in this season. We want to be gathering around God's word and what he is saying in his loving heart. You know, we want to do that so much more than, than sitting and, and listening to repetitive news cycles. You know what? It only takes about 20 minutes uh, sitting and, and watching the news. And we do want to stay up to date and we do want to be aware and vigilant and all those things. But if you pay attention, it only takes about 20 minutes for a news cycle to go through. And then they're just going to repeat the same things. So I would say in this season, are you sitting there letting, letting those things uh, fill your heart? Are you taking time to gather around God's word and get his heart and his perspective in this time? Do you know why that's important? The reason this is so important is because what we allow ourselves to be infected with, we will be contagious with. What we infect ourselves with in this season is the thing that we will be contagious with. You see, every one of us will be contagious with something. Let's make sure that we are being contagious with the right things. You know, we, uh, I, I love that we can still gather and we can still be connected uh, with each other online. And um, with, uh, we're so blessed with technology and, and we have community groups and different groups that are gonna be using great tools like Google Meet and Zoom um, to stay connected this week. Um, so we're grateful for that. And then I'm just grateful for the telephone in itself. You know, someone just picked up the phone this week, gave me a call, a sweet mother in the faith, just to check in and see how I was doing. And it really blessed me. And uh, so let's be doing that for one another this week. Let's be gathering in the ways that we can to encourage one another towards love. 
And finally, uh, let's talk about the mouth. What do we want to do in this season? Well, again, uh, much like in the physical, we want to make sure that we're covering it. But then also spiritually, we want to fill it. We want to cover our mouth and we want to fill it. What are we covering our mouth from in this season? Well, we want to cover our mouth from cursing. And guess what? Um, Cursing, uh, everybody knows this, right? Cursing doesn't have to be a four-letter word. Uh, Cursing can simply be uh, negativity and pessimism in this season. So we want to make sure that we are covering our mouths from those things. You know what? Uh, we don't have to be fake about it. You know, if you're struggling with anxiety or worry or, or discouragement or even anger at some things, that's okay. We want to process th- those things inside. But we also want to be careful that we're not being contagious with those wrong things. We want to cover ourselves, especially around our kids and our families, that we're using our mouth to release blessings and hope and love and encouragement for others. We want our mouths to be filled with hope. We want to be filled with hope. And again, the Thessalonians, they were our inspirations uh, in this season. It says that, that Paul, Paul says he remembers that, um, that in verse three, that their endurance, which was inspired by hope. He remembers their endurance was, was inspired by hope. You see, it's hope in Christ that lets us endure in difficult times. You know, for us here in Virginia, we're only at about a weekend um, to this kind of isolation mode. And um, so how are we gonna endure in the coming weeks if this thing lasts several weeks out? Uh, Well, it's gonna be hope. Hope will allow us to endure. And let me encourage you with this, Hebrews 6, 19. Hebrews 6, 19 says this, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Let me just read that one more time. Let's just let this get inside of us and maybe make this your memory verse for this week. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So if you're feeling tossed about this week and your emotions and feelings and all that, guess what? Go back to Hebrews 6, 19 and, and remind yourself that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. As we wrap up today, I just wanna share a story that happened not too long ago and it, and it quickly became one of my favorite MCC stories of all time. See, just a couple of months ago, there was a woman from our church who uh, would get in her car and uh, drive to work every day. And uh, over the weeks, she began to notice her neighbor. And she noticed some things that, that began to kind of concern her. She saw in the, in the yard some kids playing that, that seemed that, to be that maybe they didn't have adequate clothing, the right coats or or, or whatnot, and um, some other things that, that kind of concern her. And then, and then she noticed something even more heartbreaking about her neighbor. She saw the wife uh, of this family walking down the road to go to work. And uh, they lived kind of out in the country, and she knew that this woman must have been walking a really long ways to get to work. And that broke her heart, and uh, she felt inspired by God uh, to, to make a Christmas meal for this family. 
And uh, one day she stopped and actually picked up the, the, the wife of the family and, and gave her a ride. And she asked her, she said, you know what, would it be okay if I just uh, blessed you guys in a small way? And I would just love to make a meal for you here at the holidays. And uh, they said that, that would be fine. And, and um, so this woman in our church called another friend uh, who was also in our church who had been involved with helping several families in crisis. And she says, hey, do you, do you have any thoughts here how we might be able to help this family? Maybe, maybe even more than a meal. Is there anything we might be able to do? And that one phone call turned into another phone call, which in turn turned into another phone call. And before they knew it, uh, what started out as a meal uh, turned out to be uh, a complete, uh, total blessing for this family. Some people said, hey, we would love to come and, and clean the house for them. And then, and then all of a sudden there were some contractors who said, you know what, we would come and uh, we'll fix what needs fixing in the house. And others said, you know, what? We, we have some uh, appliances. We, we'll donate appliances. And other restaurants got involved and said, you know what, we want to donate meals too. And a, a hotel got involved and said, hey, we'll, we'll keep the family while you guys do all the work and, and bless the family. Other people donated food furniture and Christmas gifts. And, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, this movement happened uh, uh, that started out just as a meal. And the family went away and all, this, all this, these people showed up to bless uh, this neighbor. And 24 hours later, the family returns back and in the backyard was standing uh, tons of people probably about 50 plus people who had been infected with contagious love just from picking up the phone and saying, hey, how can we help? And so what happened, what's, it, what turned out or was started out as a meal turned into a movement. It became contagious. And many of them would say that was their favorite holiday season because they were infected with faith, hope and love. So hey, in this season, let's take the example of the Thessalonians. Let's follow their model. Let's live out contagious faith, love, and hope in this season. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you um, for all that you are doing in this season. God, I thank you that there are those who are turning to you. There are those who are maybe praying uh, for the very first time. Jesus, we pray that, that uh, you would take this horrible situation where the enemy maybe meant uh, to bring evil. God, we, we just trust and believe that you are gonna use it for the good. God, that many would come to you. God, that many miracles would be seen in this season. And uh, God, we pray that we would be able to live out our faith the way the Thessalonians did. God, that it would ring out, that the gospel would ring out and be known everywhere in this season. God, may we live out contagious faith in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us online for our worship experience today. We're really glad that you came. In just a moment, we're gonna send you to the Family Life Center foyer where our MCC Kids Director has a great message for your children. So gather the kids around if they're not with you. They're gonna love this and stay tuned. Just before we do that, I have a couple of things to remind you of. One, if you have any prayer needs that you would like for our prayer team to pray about, 
please send those to the email address that you see on the screen right now. We'd love the opportunity to serve you in this way. Also, I want to encourage you to continue to practice generosity by giving. You can do so online at our website, mccag.org. I also want to encourage you to continue to be the wonderful church that you already are, where you are. Right there, reach out in your neighborhood to serve a neighbor. Or maybe do a video chat with your small group. Or find some way to help someone else and touch them with the love of Christ. You know, as a church, we are committed to experiencing God's presence and to living out God's purpose in our lives. And serving someone else is a great way to do both of those things. Lastly, let me remind you to join us here this coming Sunday at 11 a.m. for another online worship experience. Okay, grab those kids and let's send it up to the FLC foyer with Amy and Christy for a wonderful message for our children. Hi, kids. Thank you for joining us this morning. We miss you. And we can't wait to worship with you again soon. This month, we've been learning about forgiveness. Forgiveness is deciding that someone who has wronged you doesn't have to pay. Our bottom line is that everyone needs to be forgiven. Today's Bible story is about a father and a son. It's a parable that Jesus told as a way to help us understand something really important. We're going to do our Bible story a little different today with a puppet show. And Miss Christy, things might get a little interesting. Miss Amy, I think that might be an understatement. I think you're right. <laughs> Let's go to the FLC. Our puppet show is about to begin. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our rendition of the story of the lost son. There once was a man with two sons. Oh, I'm such a happy father. I have my two sons. One day, the younger son went to his father and said, Father, give me my share of the family property. This was a strange request because usually a son would not get a share of the family property until the father was dead. Oh, why, my son, why? But the father agreed. Oh, all right, my son, I'll divide the property between you and your older brother. Great, I'm packing out and getting out of this place. The younger son packed up and ran to a far away country. He ran fast. Faster, faster. In this far away country, the younger son wasted all of his money. Oh, I've got all this money. Let's see. I think I want to buy some candy. Mmm. Oh, and video games. I love video games. Oh, I'm so thirsty. I'd love some juice. Oh, and I got to spend my money on pizza. Yeah, pizza. But the money didn't last forever. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 15, verses 14 and 15. The son spent everything he had. Then the whole country ran low on food. So the son did not have what he needed. He went to work for someone who lived in that country. That person sent the son to the field to feed the pigs. Oh, well, I guess I gotta get myself a job. But still, the son was so hungry. He looked at the slop the pigs were eating and wondered if he might take a bite. Uh, gross. Finally, the son came to his senses. Why, this is crazy. Even my father's servants have plenty of food. 
but here I am starving to death. Hmm, I know what I'll do. I'll go home and beg my father to make me a servant. I'll say this, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. Can you please make me like one of your hired servants? So the son got up and went home. When the son could barely see his home in the distance, his father noticed he was coming. The father's heart was filled with love. He ran straight towards his son and threw his arms around him. Oh, my son, you have come back to me. Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. But the father was so happy to see his son had returned that he called for the servants. Quick, my servants, bring me the best robe and put it on my son. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring me the fattest calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Oh, this son of mine was dead and now he is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. <gasps> they celebrated because the lost son had returned. Well, not everyone celebrated. To find out more, come back next week. That was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Those puppet heads, Amy, were huge. <laughs> hey kids, God is just like the father in this story and we are just like the son. Sometimes we make mistakes and we try to run from God, but the good news is we can always come back to him and find his perfect love and forgiveness. God is always waiting for us to come back to Him when we've messed up, and He forgives us. As a family, come up with a list of things that people do that need forgiveness. Some examples are saying mean things, cheating on a test, or getting angry when we don't get our way. Then look up Psalm 103 verses 8-12 through 12 and read it together. What does this passage say about God? What does it say about God's forgiveness? Then parents, you can spend some time together in prayer as a family, thanking God for His forgiveness and asking Him to help you to forgive others. Remember, forgiveness is deciding that someone who has wronged you doesn't have to pay because Jesus has already paid the price for all of us. Bye kids, see you soon. Bye.